Hello everyone, and welcome to the Divorce Dad Diaries, and I'm your host, Stéphane Jutra. It's already been a couple weeks since the first episode of the year, and as I mentioned before, I wanted to start this new series that I wanted to do, if we can call it a series, but at least a, a couple of uh, episodes on that topic, on the topic of what if. I mean, the last episode, uh, if you didn't listen to it, I would encourage uh, to go and, and do that right now. It was uh, the what if the divorce never happened. And uh, as I mentioned last episode, uh, the idea here was to kind of maybe reflect back on what if like all this never happened what if you never got divorced or what if you stayed together and just moved on and went on together married what would have happened i mean what would have been the impact on the different areas uh, money wise uh, with the kids your love life i guess and and everything related to that so that was uh, the idea and the next couple of episodes will be uh, will be basically discuss- discussing some of the topics about that So as of today, the topic I wanted to maybe talk about is money. I know that uh, there was a few episodes already on on the money part of divorce. And even through some of the recordings, you'll probably uh, hear me talk about it. I mean, it's an important topic, obviously. And it's a topic that affects everybody and uh, something that's not easy. I mean, you know, people say money is not that important. And even before divorce, you think, you know what, I don't care. I just want to finish the relationship or be out and and I don't care about money but realistically uh, a divorce has a huge impact on everything that's financial and and all the money aspect so it can be uh, your bank account your personal money basically uh, if you have retirement plans if you have money on the side if you have assets houses cars so pretty much everything and even food I mean (laughs) just the basic money you never really think about it, but uh, you need money to buy food and basic stuff. And sometimes what happens is you get in that position where even that gets kind of difficult after a divorce because a lot of money is basically uh, mobilized or it's uh, split with your ex-partner or you end up having to pay a big child support or spousal support and uh, it makes it difficult to make ends meet anymore. And that's the thing. That's the thing that you don't always think about it, but having your life and just after many years, especially when you're a bit older and you basically accumulated a lot of uh, assets or put money on the side and everything, everything like that, and you kind of got into a routine, you don't always think about the impact of divorce on that front. And a divorce can be quite expensive. I found a nice article on the average cost of divorce that was written in 2020, so it's pretty recent. And uh, I know, I again, I mentioned uh, some numbers in another episode, but what I'll do is I'll, I'd like to go through it a little bit and just kind of discuss about the impacts of a divorce on the financial. It's something to think about before moving forward. If you listen to my episode before, you probably heard me say it many, many times. I didn't really sit down and think about that part when I decided or when we decided to get a divorce. It was more like, you know, let's move forward and let's do this. And I never really sat down and kind of looked at the numbers and the what if and, you know, the different situation that could come up. So I kind of just went ahead first. And one of the 
definitely advice that I would have would be to actually try to sit down and just uh, put some numbers down and think about the different situation. Even the ones you think will never happen might happen. And I know, uh, again, on my side happened too. So looking back, I would definitely sit down and, and, and look at that. So let's dive into it. I had found an article that, again, I'll put uh, the link on my website if you want to know more. But it's an article. Uh, actually, the article is on the Motley Fool website. So if you go on fool.com, it's called The Average Cost of Divorce in 2020. And it's by Christy Bieber. So it was published in November 2020. And I was reading through that article and I found it very interesting because, again, it's a topic that I think everybody thinks about it, but uh, we just kind of don't spend much time on it beforehand. So it's always, I find, after the fact, when everything is started and the wheel kind of started rolling, that's when we decide to sit down and look at, at the impacts. And sometimes, um, sometimes it's a bit late, and sometimes I would say it's a bit too late to basically react, and it's very hard to go back. So you're kind of stuck in that. So what they did on that, on that uh, in that article they kind of pulled out some statistics and did some uh, some uh, surveys and got some numbers which are pretty interesting so so they came out first with the key findings like the average uh, cost of a divorce is about uh, $13,000 and the median cost is 7500 and obviously as we would think an uncontested divorce with you know there's nothing contested and everything could cost an average of $4,000 and if you have any dispute over the children or uh, all the alimonies or spousal support and everything, that cost will go up for sure. Funny that we talk about about that, about, you know, it starts maybe around $4,000 if, if basically there's no contested issues and both parties agree. There's the other statistic that says if basically the divorce goes to court, it goes up to about $23,000, $24,000 for the divorce on average. So it's a huge, huge jump. So if you see it's, what, six times, a bit more than six, six, seven times uh, the price if it's uncontested. So it's huge. And again, those are average prices. Depending on on uh, everybody's situation, it might definitely be higher than that. So that's kind of just the average of a normal, a normal divorce. Also, what's interesting and what they put in there is that basically the average time for a divorce, because there's a question that I also get all the time, you know, how long does it take for divorce? And people sometimes want to do it quickly. So they get in and say, oh, you know what? I want to have that done in a couple months. And uh, I thought that was something possible and that was, that's something that can be quick. But at least here in Canada and from where it is as well in the US, it's definitely not the case. If it's uncontested, I would say, and everybody agrees and can be pretty quick. But the moment that there's something in play and you have assets to share or kids or anything else, it takes a little while. So so the statistics I have here is on average, it takes between 12 to 18 months to finalize a divorce. Just in comparison, for me, from the beginning, I guess, to the end, it took almost three years. So that's a very long time. The problem during those three years is uh, nothing is settled. So depending what the arrangements are, you can be stuck paying a bunch of different things until you know everybody agrees, and it gets very complicated until until you get an agreement uh, on both sides to see what you pay and how and when and all this stuff. So twelve to eighteen months is quite a long time, and obviously the kind of obvious thing that they put in there is is uh, <laughs> basically divorced men and women have less money, you know, for the retirement plan as well and everything on the side. So which is obvious. 
if you have any something you don't think about but if you have any retirement plans or any money on the side this also uh, usually gets in the picture for separating the assets so it's something that you have to think about so another question i know we talk about before uh, one of the popular questions how long does a divorce take and as we saw can go average between 12 to 18 months uh, there's also like how much you know attorneys and how much uh, does it cost so here too they came up with some statistics and uh, i guess the average price for an attorney is around 250 dollars an hour so that's a lot of money that you have to pay and sometimes uh what happens too is i mean it's times two right so you pay that and your uh, partner as well has to pay the same so you know 500 bucks an hour it goes up very very fast so definitely you want to minimize that but at the same time if you want to do it quickly at least quicker and that's that's one thing again i mentioned in previous episode you know as much as doing it yourself is a lot cheaper and a lot of people prefer that and i think it's probably the best way obviously but realistically if it doesn't go anywhere uh, the price of dragging the divorce for years is quite a lot and in my case that's why i realized at one point that i had to get lawyers involved and that's when even though i had to pay more money that's when it sped up the process and if you think about it the money you would spend and you would waste you know kind of going back and forth and not having any decisions and in that during that time you still have to probably pay for the house and pay for a bunch of stuff if you calculate that versus you know paying your lawyer and having someone really kind of push this sometimes it's worth it so that it's finished it's finished earlier and also again like I said, if you're best friends and you, everything is resolved, it's perfect. But uh, sometimes it's very difficult to get any resolution without involving lawyers. They know the process and they're the one pushing. And for me, it obviously was a huge expense. It's probably the biggest expense in all this. But it was uh, worth it. And I probably, you know, I would have probably wasted even more time on that front. So definitely, I'm definitely happy that I got, uh, I got a lawyer involved in, in the process. So those are the costs, the usual costs that people talk about. There's also a bunch of other miscellaneous costs that and expenses that come in the picture. Like I said, there's those indirect costs that I was talking about. Until we got an agreement, someone had to pay for the house, even if I had an apartment. So for example, I had to pay that for the house and the apartment and a bunch of the expenses because my ex-wife wasn't working. So those are definitely expenses that add up. And hopefully when you get the agreement, you know, we can list them up and they get divided the uh, at the end and you get a bit of that money back but sometimes that's not the case so definitely that's an expense uh, the mediation cost i know we had started with mediation and that's also it's kind of a big cost as well not as expensive as lawyers but uh yeah it can be expensive Here in canada we actually have uh, if you have kids i think they give you uh, maybe i don't remember like five hours free of mediation so basically you can go for mediation i think it's five hours after that you have to pay but those are paid by the government other fee expenses you don't think about forensic accountants i mean if you think that your spouse is hiding assets and things like that you can always hire one of those and they, they start digging up and see what's happening another expense as well that you don't think about you know you pay your house but refinancing all the loans and everything else the house if you have any loans and things like that uh, this also is a big expense uh, if you decide to sell the house it's okay if you decide to refinance the house there might be costs associated with that and like i said if it takes time you still have to pay the mortgage and uh, you know <laughs> this also can add a bunch of expenses on top of that 
And obviously the relocation. So most of the time what happens is one person either leaves and gets an apartment. So that's also extra costs that add to it uh, that are not part of the of the budget. And usually, again, if you have a house for at least a certain amount of time, those fees and the apartment and house have to be paid at the same time. So that's something to take into consideration as well when when you go through that. I mentioned before about the retirement accounts and, and you know, what you have uh, pension plans that we have here as well and retirement plans that we have here in Canada. Those as well are affected. So the government automatically will kind of recalculate as well and do the split for the retirement money that they give you uh, once you reach uh, retirement age. And also, if you have any private uh, retirement plan as well, this would have to be also divided in theory. Again, if it's part of the agreement, this would have to be uh, divided. So that's another cost you don't think about. You know, the older you get, if you have more money on the side, sometimes it's very difficult. I mean, you might have a, quite a lot of money on the side. You can have half a million dollar, a million dollar, and like half of it basically is gone as well. So that's also something to take in consideration. There was a few other studies I mentioned also in that article that talk about the wealth. So we talk about, you know, the what if and if I didn't go to divorce and I'll talk a bit more about it after this. But if I look at statistics, it's really I've shown that divorce can cause an average of 77 percent drop in wealth. So when you think about it, I mean, again, there's obviously the cost of not being happy in a relationship and being with someone and you know, not wanting to be with that person, not being happy. But at the same time, if you look at the money, money wise, obviously, if you go through a divorce, uh, you will be poorer most of the time, at least one of the party, I guess. But yeah, I was really surprised when I saw that statistic about there's a 77% drop in wealth, which I shouldn't be surprised because I went through that and I have to confirm that definitely it had a huge impact on, you know, with everything that happened, everything that had to be paid. And again, if there's one person that doesn't work as well, like in my case, I was kind of paying for two lawyers as well, basically mine and, and my my ex-wife's lawyers at the same time indirectly in the house, the apartment. So yeah, you burn a lot of the money that maybe you put on the side. And definitely when everything is, is over, I was a lot poorer. So you get a lot poorer for sure. Even though I'm a bit surprised about the 77%, I definitely, definitely believe it. So all that said, what if I never got a divorce, what if I would have just continued with my life at that point? If we look at the money side, as we can see, I would have been a lot better and richer on that uh, on that side. I mean, again, a lot of the waste of money for lawyers and things like that would have been basically still in the account, all the savings and everything else. And that money maybe would have been spent on traveling and on the kids, on yourself and everything even the cushion even the we talk about retirement plan obviously a lot more money when retiring and all the investment and everything else at the same time too always yeah we would still have all this money on the side if i look on my side for the house for example if people have a house well either your house like um, my house was almost paid so that would have been another thing right instead of basically starting from zero and live in an apartment and getting a new a new place while well, the house is almost paid and you get at one point a house that is paid and all the extra expenses all the extra money goes to someone something else so definitely the wealth like i said before the family wealth would have been much better in that situation and yeah it, it would have improved and i think even to the point that you know 
could have done a bunch of traveling and could have even maybe buy another property somewhere else or retire early as well. And it's something I didn't talk about. And maybe I'll spend uh, maybe I'll spend uh, some time in, in a future episode talking about retirement because we talk about divorce and, and the impact and everything else. But if we look at long term, for example, for me and for a lot of people, you plan your retirement age. You know, you want to retire at a certain age and you kind of work towards those goals. And getting a divorce actually pushes that back quite a lot. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, yeah, oh, you know what? I want to retire when I'm 55 and enjoy the rest of my life. But having a divorce and all the expenses and all the money and things like that really put everything back in perspective. And at this point, you're thinking, well, probably adds another 10 years that I have to work just to maybe get back to the point you you were. And sometimes even more than that. I mean, it could be uh, many, many more years. So it's also something to to think about. If you go through divorce, it's something to keep in mind that your retirement plans and, and age and everything else might basically have to be reconsidered and kind of replanned. That's why I also understand like some people decide, you know what, they don't want to go through it and just decide to stay in, in an unhappy marriage and just go on with that because they're not happy, but at least... All the other goals, money-wise, everybody's comfortable and they can enjoy life. And also they can retire early and just enjoy life early at that point and not have those kind of stress. So it's a choice that people make. Again, a valid one, like I said, is more than just one thing to look at. And sometimes people can be a very impulsive, kind of not thinking about everything. But like I said before, if I would have gone back, I would have sat down and think about all those things. So that said, what if... I was back at that point and and was able to make the choice again. Would I do anything differently? No. (laughs) It's an easy answer. Even looking at all the money part and what the impacts and everything that happened. uh, Luckily on my side, I was able to get back on my feet and and very lucky to be in a good position at at the moment. I know it's not the case for everybody. And actually, uh, a lot of people might still be struggling. And that's why we talk about mental health after that and even you hear some stories about husbands that you know they pay so much in child support and uh, spousal support that uh, they have no more money to live and that's the thing sometimes uh, i remember having those discussions and putting numbers on paper at the beginning and you think most of your money goes basically to your ex-partner and there's not much left for you to live on and sometimes yeah sometimes you kind of think it's not fair and definitely like some of the numbers i've seen I, I, I think it's not fair as well. But yeah, I guess that's how it is. And that's why it's something to uh, to think about. And that's why I know there's even people that decide, you know what, instead of me having to pay that much money to my ex-wife or my ex-partner, what I'll do is just basically quit my paying job because they look at, they have a very good paying job, but pretty much all the salary goes to their ex-spouse. Uh, so they what they do is they quit that job and they get a minimum wage job and yeah, they don't get as much money as they had before, but at least they don't necessarily have to pay as much to their ex-partner and they can't on that front. Is it something that people can do? No. And again, it doesn't guarantee that uh, that you won't have to pay the money you have to pay, but definitely as people losing their jobs and things like that, that's sometimes a way for the, the dad to kind of sit down and reconsider and the dad and mom and the couple to kind of look at how the money will be and kind of reconsider the amounts and recalculate everything. So that's probably one of the only thing, because obviously if you have to pay uh, $5,000 a month and uh, you're making $2,000 a month with your new job, it's impossible to do. 
So you still need money to live on and to eat. So what happens? People go back to court and this gets recalculated based on your salary. So yeah, there's some people sadly that decide to go that way. And I say sadly, again, I understand at one point when all your money is going on the other side and you barely have anything to, uh, to live on, I guess, and people get bitter and divorce makes people sometimes do bad things and bad decisions. So definitely, uh, definitely this happens. So the what if on the money side, definitely something to keep in mind before going forward. As I said, I think if you sit down and put a little bit thought into it and put some numbers down and just maybe go with different scenarios, if everything goes well, or if you need lawyers and all along and things like that, if you at least put that down on a paper and uh, have a plan, I think you will be better prepared for what's coming up. I think that's that's the advice I would I would probably give. As I said, on my side, the what if I would go back to that point, I would still make the same choice and I'm happy where I am now. And I'm again, very, very lucky and uh, lucky that I can enjoy my time now. It wasn't easy as you probably heard throughout all the other episodes. That's why there's no shame to say it. And I have no shame to, to say that I'm happy where I am now because it was a lot of hard work I had to dig pretty pretty deep inside me and uh, went pretty down for a year for a little a little while so i went there but you know kind of looked forward and just kept climbing back and and did everything i could to get out of that hole and i guess that's uh, i'm an example that's possible <laughs> and i have some friends as well that went through the same thing and it is possible for sure it might be hard work and sometimes like i said you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel but it is possible that's pretty much the episode for this week and that concludes the what if about the money so i hope uh, it was useful for you and as always if you have any questions or any comments on the episode or even any suggestion on what you'd like for me to talk on the show or if you would like to be maybe a guest on the show as well and tell your story i would love that as well I'm trying to uh, to get maybe some interviews in the coming uh, weeks and months on interesting topics, at least topics I think would be interesting for you all. Uh, so I already had a bunch. If you look back on the episode, I think, in my opinion, very good interviews from different people and and different coaches, relationship and, and, and everything else. So definitely you can go back and listen to them if you want. But if ever uh, you have ideas or, you know, people or you want to get on the show, please uh, don't hesitate to send me an email. So that said, I hope you have a great week. And as always, if you want to reach me, please don't hesitate to send me an email at thedivorce.diaries at gmail.com. And you can also go on www.thedivorce.diaries.com and also have an Instagram page as well that you can reach out to me. You can send me a message over there, a Facebook page as well. Don't hesitate. You can always send me a message as well. You go on my website. There's a place as well to leave a message and even a voicemail if you want. So I hope uh, everyone has a great week and was really nice talking to you again and stay safe and talk to you soon. Bye-bye.